Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Hustle Middle East. Hey guys, I'm Sid and today we have Raj Kotecha on the podcast. Raj, can you please introduce yourself? I'm Raj Kotecha, CEO of Creative Content Agency and I create content for myself and other brands. All right. That's my shtick. <laughs> so I've known Raj for a while. He's um, he's a really good content creator and he advises a lot of companies on creating their own content for social media uh, and to grow their business. So today we thought we'd have Raj on the podcast to share a few tips and tell us some stories mm-hmm. uh, along the way uh, and uh, hopefully help you guys out with some cool startup tips. Yeah. And, I'm a, and I'm a long-time listener of the podcast. As long time as you can be with seven episodes. But <laughs> yes. like I, I, lo- I, love, I love what you guys are doing and it's, uh, it's great. It's something that I genuinely enjoy listening to. I listened, admittedly, the first time I played it, I did it because we're friends. Right. And I was like, he's told me he's announced it, so I'm going to listen to it at least once. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not the reason why I listened to it for the second, third and fourth time. Great. So, you know, you're, you're doing it good on merit and I enjoy the show and I'm sure many people listening do as well. Awesome, Amazing. man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys want to listen to some other podcasts, Raj hosts two different podcasts himself. Yeah. One yeah. is called uh, OPP, that's Other People's Podcasts. You can find it on iTunes, right? Yeah, all good podcast stores. Yeah, co-hosted by uh, my friend Fatman Scoop. So okay. two-time Grammy Award, Grammy Award winner. Um, kind of his biggest single is Be Faithful. And awesome. he is a guy who's been in the rap game for about 20, 25 years mm-hmm. and has a keen interest in entrepreneurship like a lot of celebrities do. Nice. So cool. we've known each other 10 years and as he started finding out more about entrepreneurship, I was one of the people that was pointing his attention in the right direction and we ended up just recording our chats when we both listened to other people's podcasts and we mm-hmm. called it OPP for the hip hop reference as well. Yeah. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys want to discover some new podcasts, you can definitely go check that out. And what's the other one? I haven't heard the, the, the second other, one. The other one's called Raj Katecha. That's a great question. And it's a series it's a really interesting format actually so it's in three parts the first part is me telling you what content i'm going to play you okay mm-hmm. and then the second part is the content itself and then the third part is me telling you how i pulled it off okay. so okay. for example i'll open up and the first interview I'll, i might say look in this podcast i'm going to interview olivier harnish the ceo of imar hospitality mm-hmm. and we're going to speak about the following subjects and i hope you find it interesting so straight away you know who it is and what's coming up. Okay. So we all then in the second part I'll play you the interview. And in the third part I'll do the thing that I think is the most interesting which is explaining how the hell I got in front of the CEO of Emar Hospitality okay. to interview him for an hour. And it's really versatile. It's it's probably the most truest project to my personal brand mm-hmm. because not only do we have the CEO of Emar Hospitality but we have Tupac's brother that nice. we put out on Tupac's birthday. Uh, we did one with Jay-Z's business partner, Kareem Burke. We had another one with Jay-Z's DJ. We had another one with the RZA from the Wu-Tang Clan. Another throwback interview from 2009 with Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, cool. The first okay. conversation I ever had with him. So, like, <laughs> it's cool because it's like, here's what I'm going to play you. Then I'll play it to you. And then the real juice is, if you were doing what I'm doing, if you're another hustler who's trying to figure out how to how build to... networks all over the world mm-hmm. with high-flying people, then I actually tell you how I did it. Like if it was luck, I'll tell you. Yeah. I literally freestyled my way into this room and got this, you know. <laughs> yeah, one of the uh, one of the podcasts that we listen to is um, how I built this mm-hmm. with Guy Raz, and he asks all startup founders in the end if it was 
just the hustle and them being hardworking and if it was luck mm. and it's surprising how many people attribute it to luck yeah. yeah it's crazy so how many episodes are out of uh, that's a great question that's at 11 now 11 yeah and we've cool. got a whole new series which we're going to put out so the, i did 11 in 11 days so from june tw- june 15th to june 26th i dropped an episode every single day wow. and then mm. i stopped and then i had i was working on another business and then now that that other business is about to launch then we're ready to probably put out some more episodes but like in the future episodes i've got i mean i've got interviews with um my favorite dj of all time a guy called dj starting from scratch okay. and he is uh he's russell peter's dj his tour oh, dj nice. he dj'd for usher he's the biggest dj in canada and he's nice. like a, a genius mm. and uh, so that interview is going to come out and a bunch of others as well and also i when i get interviewed i put interviews with me on that podcast as well to syndicate okay. so we'll take this audio and put it on that podcast and let people know that if you like this kind of chat mm-hmm. go to the originators of the podcast so yeah. our listeners should definitely listen to yeah, that's exactly. a great question so you're actually on that's a great segment. question now awesome. so so everyone go and check out uh, the, this podcast which is called that's a great question no well, yours ours oh start of us in middle east okay yeah. sorry i need to have more tea start 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 hustle middle east really of course really that part will be edited yeah. <laughs> we've heard about your two podcasts um can you tell us a little bit more about creative content agency yeah for the last 10 years i've been working in a traditional agency model which is working with brands uh, a lot of them are market leading companies in e-commerce professional services and events and supporting the CEOs and the management teams on how they approach the planning production publishing and promoting of creative content mostly for social media platforms but also there's been a good dose of like ghostwriting in their speech writing and and we we look at all that as content as well stuff for magazines mm-hmm. sure so it PR. that's what, yeah PR yeah. and generally giving commercial advice like tapping into even tapping into my own contacts as well mm-hmm. to support the clients so that's been a really mm-hmm. good run uh, started that in 2008 then until mm-hmm. about 2012 I was like laughed out of a bunch of rooms because people were not believing in social media the same way and seriously then, yeah like I'm oh talking about God. like you know being being at Deloitte and then being like we don't want to make we don't want to profile our partners online because they'll get stolen by Accenture or KPMG okay like it's just completely <laughs> complete madness when you think about it today and then the social media network film came out and people started using hashtags on TV shows mm-hmm. and so social media became front of mind so a lot mm-hmm. of the people that told me look go away we're not ready for this or we don't think it will work eventually turned around and said come in and talk to us about this social media stuff and um Interestingly at that time the people that got sharp to it the quickest were the e-commerce companies because mm-hmm. you need to produce right. a lot of content on an e-commerce site to sell yeah. the products right so i started working in house with a company called uh, golf online i was mm-hmm. with another company that was called uh, asian date and they were like a, a speed dating service and they needed a bunch of content and okay. so even in those days i was following around the ceo of that company doing like daily v style shows okay. uh, and that's what this nice. was in 2009 and uh, and it just works right so mm-hmm. i was very lucky because early yeah. in, early in the game i figured out what formats resonate with people online mm-hmm. and i was just packaging that up into monthly retainers that included video audio written content and my strategic advice okay. and did that for the last 10 years yeah still doing it really but nice. like that's the that's the model that works for me yeah i think uh, social kind of needs to be done on a retainer basis because you need to produce content all the time you yeah. can't just do that one hero content and yeah. that's it because people will remember you for a little bit and forget 
Yeah, so. I, I think with social, I mean, a lot of brands have required a change in mindset and agencies have been working towards that education. But we were working with really large automotive brands that would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in producing this one film for TV, cinema and YouTube. Mm. And now they're completely changing their outlook where they're not spending hundreds of thousands of dollars into one piece of hero content mm. but instead creating a lot of hub and help content mm. with much smaller budgets and more frequently mm-hmm. so but yeah. i think it's it's taken a little bit of time to get clients here i think yeah. there's still a lot that uh, need to kind of change their outlook yeah i mean back in the day when, when you and i first met four years ago the problem that you had is that you'd have someone like me who is quite forward-facing and quite maverick who would then be, who, who would then find it difficult to work in a larger agency environment because larger agencies were not thinking that far ahead. Mm-hmm. And then those larger agencies that did take on Mavericks and incubate people like us were then not able to sell it to their clients. Mm-hmm. So what then yeah. happened is people like me broke away and said, okay, well look, if the larger companies can't incubate me and can't resell my services, let me just go work with medium-sized companies. Mm-hmm. And as you know, that's when the cards get reshuffled and the medium-sized companies become larger companies yeah. because yeah. they were agile enough to to, to work Adapt. with, you know, yeah, to try new ideas, work with people like myself, mm-hmm. and so then that's when they kind of uh, do a lot of the land grabbing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if someone like me can't do anything unless the whole ecosystem, you know, supports, works, supports it, yeah, and that's yeah. why we didn't end up in large agencies. I spent a bit of time at with, Leo Burnett, as yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So they offered, they incubated me there. They gave me a desk and stuff, and I learned a lot from them in terms of how the big machine works. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they could have learned a lot more from me if they just weren't hit, trying to hit their monthly or quarterly targets. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm sure they, now they must be having a dedicated social division for sure. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they have them. They have them, but they don't. They, just, they also just don't move as quick, right? Yeah. Like I said, the, the whole, the, the game is not won. The, the business game is not won from nine to five. It's won from five to nine. Yeah. So it's all well and good being at a large agency and having a social media team yeah. that works from nine to five on your clients on the mm. agency's clients yeah. but if that social media team isn't then going home and working on projects and staying in the ring and continuing to spar mm. after hours then yeah. they can't be they can't stay relevant so even when I was at Leo Burnett when I was talking to people about you know an approach I wanted to take on a campaign mm-hmm. and I'd be like well look it, this would be modeling something that Seth Godin's talked about or this mm. would be modeling something that Malcolm Gladwell's talked about or that mm. Gary Vaynerchuk's talked about. Mm-hmm. You're just talking about blank faces. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, and this no is um, this is only so, four years ago, but you know, you're talking right. about like, you're just talking about a bunch of dumb kids, like dumb, good looking kids. Yeah. Mm. That are like, they know that how can to... can sell shit, yeah. but can't really execute They shit. can run around with a, you know, with a clipboard all day in their office and they can pop out 17 times a day for cigarettes. But when you truly <laughs> get into the nitty gritty of how are we going to move this company forward and drive drive results they didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And oh there's still gosh. plenty of that in Dubai. And you know what? Long sure. may it last. Because for me, it's like an alligator that comes up. Every time I come above water, there's fresh buffalo, yeah. you know, <laughs> at the side of the water. It's like, it's 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 almost too easy. Like the yeah. last thing I worry about is where am I going to get my next client from? It's the reason why I've taken the last six months out to just try and create new stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, talking about Seth Gordon, I think he is one of the best writers ever like the purple cow and yeah. things he's he just has an amazing blog you guys should definitely check it out have you listened to akimbo his no, new podcast he's 31 episodes in okay his podcast is the audio version of his writing oh really and it's 
phenomenal, like really challenging. There's been times where I've been listening to Akimbo and felt physically uncomfortable by the things that he's saying because I'm like, I know I've been putting that thought off for a year or two Mm -hmm. and I need to just stop doing what I'm doing for for four or five hours Mm -hmm. and go to the end of that thought that he's asking me to think about. Wow, it's nice. really excellent. So, so um, for me, I'm not a very black face. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of the I've black shown faces. You Seth Gordon's blog. I think you've shown it to me, but what does he specialize in? Like, what's his thing? You he know, talks quite a bit about marketing. Marketing, like, yeah, marketing. yeah. Okay. But he's he's more on. He's never going to tell you about how to get more followers or anything like that. Yeah. What he he is. If you think about Gary being on the practical side, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. And practical and philosophy maybe like on a 60-40 split. Yeah. Mm. Seth Godin is probably on a 90-10 split philosophical. Okay. Yeah. So he forces you to, to think stuff. So the example that Mamta was talking about, the purple cow, is that if you drive past a field of cows every day, you never look because it's just a field of cows. Right. But if one of them is purple, it stands out. Mm-hmm. And so he uses that as an analogy to start talking about... How making, to make your business stand out. Yeah, how to make it stand out, how to come up with remarkable ways of communicating to get into the memory of your customers mm-hmm. and make them want to tell other people. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Uh, he talks quite a bit about storytelling as well and I mean it's not real tactics that you can use Ideas. but it just really makes you think yeah it's it's he's giving you uh, seeds or something yeah. that okay. you could you could potentially plant into really cool ideas yeah cool check it out yeah blackface <laughs> you know Malcolm Gladwell I've heard the name but I mean you know Malcolm Gladwell no the guy who wrote the tipping point and that's Malcolm I've, I've and, heard of uh, the tipping point and uh, spaghetti sauce I don't know about spaghetti sauce. Yeah. I only know tipping point. David and Goliath. David and Goliath. Spaghetti sauce is his TED talk. I think they have some Malcolm Gladwell yeah. books in there as the well. The best thing is because I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a huge reader. Yeah. But all of these guys have Audio. super dope like videos on YouTube. Mm. Oh, really? like Malcolm Gladwell's on spaghetti sauce and uh, the all marketers are liars. The TED talk by okay. uh, Seth Godin. It's okay. just super finding your tribe. It's all like mm. you know. It's interesting. It just sets some mental parameters. Yeah. When he talks about having permission to talk to your customers. Yeah. Before you physically ship that email or write that copy, you do think to yourself, do I have the permission of the person? Yeah. Mm. Really honestly, do I have Did the permission of the person yeah. to yeah. explain this to them? Yeah. And, and it's really good. And, it, and, and, and over a very quick period of time, it delivers great results for your marketing. Mm. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Great. And um, so we've covered creative content agencies on the two podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I think we should talk about the story about how we met mm-hmm. and how we met really, really cool people through you, oh, uh, yeah. which yeah, is yeah. my friends, your friends. Yeah. Um, mm. So I actually met Raj four years ago. He was moderating a panel um, at this event, which was luxury brands. Oh yeah, the, the panel might have been that, but the, the actual event was called Brand Social. It was by a girl called Oh Rupa. yeah, it was Brand Social. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, shout, right. to, shout to Rupa Ganatra. That was her conference. She was the one that said to come over and yeah. moderate a panel with Huda Katan, who is a beauty influencer and media, her own yeah. media machine. If probably you have a blank the, face now, what's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's probably one of the biggest social media influencers in the region yeah. and yeah. owner of the biggest beauty brand, probably one of the biggest ones in the world now, I think. Yeah, over two yeah. Billion it's a billion dollar company. Really? Now. Two billion. Two billion yeah, dollar over company. Two billion, yeah. And I was just sat with her on stage having no idea who she was. I think <laughs> she like, wasn't as big when you probably met her four years ago. No, she was still, she was she was, yeah. massive. She, when so she no, left the she's stage, at level, she's at a different level yeah. now. At that time, she had launched her lashes. Yeah. Since then, she's launched a bunch of other products. She started on YouTube, right? I yeah. On YouTube, makeup tutorials. Makeup tutorials. Yeah, she and she's such a bright, smart girl. Like, yeah. There's no... There's, 
as soon as I, you you know that certain people are stars like when she walked in and bear in mind i'm new to the middle east so i'm not that over familiar of being in a room with a lot of women there are a lot of cut like covered up you know yeah. in traditional clothes that are normally quite conservative women mm-hmm. and as soon as they saw her they ran over to her selfies yeah. and i was like yo this is really and, and when i spoke to her she was really dope really like nice nice lady mm-hmm. and then it was so it's me I, on the panel was her that uh, some, somebody from youtube no somebody from youtube somebody from sephora okay. and somebody from another multi-channel network so my job was just to to moderate that and that's where we met right yes. I, I saw you walking around, i was like hey what's up yeah and, and then and we connected on twitter through the because I, yeah because i think raj said something smart in the panel okay. <laughs> so yeah. i tweeted him mm. and uh, and that's how we connected so since he was new he was you were considering a move to dubai at yeah, the time yeah. yeah at the time um so we connected because we had the same background and when he moved here, he invited Sid and I to My Friends, Your Friends. Yeah. Tell us about My Friends, Your Friends. So the, the gap there between, you know, us meeting and My Friends, Your Friends, probably about two and a half, three years. Obviously, when I was here, I was signing clients here and doing work like that. And the, this is one thing I've never told anybody about My Friends, Your Friends. But I think I think your listeners will, will truly get it. I was working for a major events company and conference company that okay. does investor conferences for hotels, restaurants, and aviation. Okay. And for all intents and purposes, the way that they marketed was not any different to most kind of like middle of the road conference companies in the sense that they have a website. Mm -hmm. On the front of the website, you'll have speakers and they'll list who the speakers are and they're typically, they put all their big power players up and that's Mm -hmm. just one of many things that they communicate to drive people into the room. Right. So I would obviously go to these conferences and they were, I mean, they're a brilliant company. The CEO is just like still one of my favorite dudes. Mm-hmm. And we would go all over the world from like Rwanda to Madrid, London, rolling out these conferences. And one thing, my one of my jobs was to do all the social media and mm-hmm. create one-on-one interviews with people. And mm-hmm. I would ask people, why did you come to this conference? What was mm-hmm. what was valuable? And of course, a lot of people would be like, yeah, you know, the content on stage was good. But most people would be like, it's the people you meet. Networking. Yeah. So I was like, hold up a second. Wouldn't it be interesting if we... Advertise the people you meet whilst you're networking mm-hmm. the way you advertise the speakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the front page, we don't have... The whole event, My Friends, Your Friends, has no talks. It's just a room full of people, 15 talented people, mm-hmm. that, intro, that bring along 15 to 20 of their friends. So you end up with two to 300 people. Everybody knows one of the first 15, so there's no need for ice breaking. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, if I make a big deal of those 15 people and people come to events like this to network surely that's going to be the golden egg because now you're saying the people in the room when you're hanging out will be these people. This is what they do. You can approach mm-hmm. them. And so that was the, the logic part of the idea. And then also in terms of like scratching my own itch, as you rightly mentioned, when we first met, I was just thinking about coming to Dubai, mm-hmm. which means I would go to London four or five times a year. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd go there, because of my background in DJing and media and all this other stuff, people would obviously want to catch up. They'd be like, yo, Raj, you're in London. Can we get coffee? Can we mm-hmm. go for a drink? Now, I realized that if every time I go to London, whether it be for five days or two weeks, if every time I go to London, I spend time catching up with my friends, mm-hmm. then it'd be like coffee, it'd be like land, coffee, 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 go to my mom's house, eat mm-hmm. curry, coffee, coffee, dinner, drinks, <laughs> coffee, leave, right? I'd have no time to do anything. Yep. Right. So I came up with the idea of telling people, okay, look, I'm going to be in this bar at this time. And it was in King's Cross, which is where all the train stations, train mm-hmm. lines go through in London. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll be in a bar by King's Cross station. If you want to come, hang out. You want to meet people that I know. Everybody's going to be coming at once. Come on through. So I thought, okay, 30, 40 people will come. 
120 people came. Wow, wow. this is the first My Friends, Your Friends? And at that time it was called My Friends, Their Friends. Okay. Because the, everybody was like, you know, someone might be like, I want to meet somebody who wants to invest in the pharmacy business. Oh, I want to meet somebody who's been to Bali before so I can ask them some mm. questions. So mm-hmm. people always come to me to meet people. Mm-hmm. So I said, the event's called My Friends, Their Friends. You come along and meet my friends. They'll introduce you to their friends. And now people that do not have a lot of friends will now get introduced to people at scale. Okay. Right. Through me. Yeah. The difference is when I came to Dubai, there was this girl called Sonia. Shout out to her. She was like, I love your concept. I saw what you're doing in London. Can I try it in Dubai? Mm-hmm. So she did it in Dubai, but she changed the name to My Friends, Your Friends, mm-hmm. which okay. I thought was dope. She did one and then didn't do any more. So I rang her and I said, listen, I know you took my concept. Can I take it back with the name that you've come up with? Okay. And she was like, of course, it's your idea. You go for it. So, have you seen her at any of the events? No, I haven't. I wish I need to. I need to get her on the phone to get to come down. Yeah. But, but the she idea, doesn't live here. Yeah, she she lives in Dubai, but okay. I get, I've not I've not seen her online for a while. But the idea was, if I take me out as the central pillar mm-hmm. and make it about fifteen other people, yeah. Now you've got this aggregate effect. Yeah. So now we've had four events. All four have been super popular thanks to guys like yourself uh, mm. you've both been we've individual attended. hosts yeah and yeah. we've yeah. attended all of them all of we've them four for four yes. Yes. yes and you're also joining the advisory board now which i'm grateful for so it's mm. going to be it's a, it's a great platform and more venues want to get on board because we're living in a tricky time in dubai right now where venues are not necessarily as Filling full up. as they used to be yeah. and along comes someone like me with you know 15 super talented influential people and when i say influencer i don't mean six pack fake lips mm-hmm. you know cleavage out what i mean is yeah like one of the people we had her whole career is dedicated to rescuing dogs mm-hmm. other people like yourselves content creators digital marketers mm-hmm. youtubers we've had government people on the on the as, as co-hosts so yeah. it's literally just good people i don't yeah. care how much money Social you've got, how much reputation yeah, yeah. You've got. we call it dubai's most talented connectors yeah so people that have that take pride in connecting people to each other to help the people they're connecting rather than their own agenda. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of value from attending these events. Because, what have you seen? Have you met any cool people? Or Yeah, we've met some really cool people. So I think because of the line of business that you're in, you do pull quite a few content creators and yeah. people that are in production. So it, all the people that I met, I, I just really connected with because we had that shared passion for yeah. the work that we do. Yeah. Um, but even aside from that, uh, I've met potential clients uh, through the event. But the biggest advantage, I think, of my friends, your friends, is I've been to several events and spoken at events and everything. But the... the um, Informal nature of it. The informal nature of it, the fact that you have a drink. But the fact that you know somebody yeah. means that it's not awkward for you to go up to someone random. The yeah. fact that you know somebody and the fact that these 15 hosts of the event are open to talking about themselves, what they do, and meeting you yeah. is, I think, a really good format. Yeah, yeah there's know? no social barrier, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, at least there's one degree of separation from whoever you're talking to. Talking yeah. to, yeah. So you know somebody who knows somebody who yeah, knows yeah. that person at least. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that really works because, yeah. I mean, we attended the Middle East podcast forum uh, uh, last week 
and uh, I mean Sid was very good at going up to people and talking to people but yeah. I needed a bit of a push also like, oh, yeah. <laughs> talk to yeah. people talk to new people yeah, 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 yeah. where do I start yeah. you go start talking to yeah, them yeah. and I'll join you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. everyone's mojo is different when yeah. it comes to like just walking into walking a random into, crowd of people like for yeah. me it's been it's been too easy because when I, I started my career 20 years ago this week yeah, and really. my original job was as a ticket seller on the streets of Manchester at university and my whole job was walking up to like to random people no, worse than random people <laughs> I'm imagine I'm 18 years old I like greasy hair acne and my job is to walk into a crowd of 12 beautiful girls <laughs> and say to them would you like to come to this party I have tickets and then try and sell them <laughs> to come to a party that I'm not even throwing myself mm-hmm. so like and then obviously prior to that I, I've got a very classic Indian boy story from the UK which is my dad was a shopkeeper in the UK mm. so I was used to every 30-40 seconds a new customer coming up to the counter mm. saying right. I'd like to buy this milk or can I have the, could, I'd like to get those cigarettes or mm-hmm. could I have this newspaper or this birthday card so that high frequency yeah. now at 38 I'm just conditioned like I don't <laughs> mind you can throw me out of a plane anywhere in the world and if there's people there I'll make my way do you know yeah. what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. 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 By the way, the last guest we had on the podcast, Che, we met him through My Friends, Your Friends as That's well. That's right. So, yeah. You know, you meet, uh, we met lots of interesting people at My Friends, Your Friends. So it's a great event. Uh, we'll leave a link in the show notes so you guys can go check it out. I think Raj is planning another event soon. End yeah. of October, right? End of October. We'll, we'll be announcing that soon. But the best place to find out more is just follow at My Friends, Your Friends on Instagram or mm-hmm. MyFriendsYourFriends.com online. Cool. And yeah. one of those two places you'll definitely... You, to be honest, people are like, no, no, just text me and tell me. I'm like, no, dude. The first people to find out, aside mm-hmm. from me and the venue, is Instagram. <laughs> so, like, yeah. if you truly want the fastest update, like, just subscribe to the Instagram and you'll get the update. Cool. Yeah, and if you guys want to see what it looks like, I did a vlog some time ago uh, yeah. about my friends, your friends. So, I'll link that up as well. You guys yeah. can check it out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the reason we also wanted to have Raj on the show is because... Out of the people that we know, Raj is one of the few that really has an entrepreneurial mindset. He is always doing 10 different things and all of them very successfully. And he's about to launch a new thing, which is going to be announced for the first time on our podcast. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah. So as I mentioned, the beginning of the the beginning of my career, Mm -hmm. formal career in content, was 10 years ago and it was with this business the creative content agency right and what i found is that i do enjoy working in-house with brands and i've worked with some of the best and i'm very proud of the 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 work that we've done but i often found that to remain agile you need to kind of be working with three or four companies at once and that basically means taking up all of my time and i also found that the first six months of working with any brand is getting the ceo and the board's head around the basics the absolute like fundamentals of making content for business Mm -hmm. and so that is called as I mentioned when I was talking about the agency planning producing publishing and promoting so now instead of creative content agency we're now launching alongside that the creative content academy which is if we can't take you on as a client or if you're in some part of the world where we can't service you you can take part in our program and you will learn the same fundamentals that we teach when we onboard CEOs entrepreneurs and creative professionals your job will then be to learn it, understand it, and go and execute it. But mm-hmm. our job will be to teach it. The reason why I'm doing it after 10 years of having the agency is that almost all of my syllabus that I teach is based on actual campaigns that we've shipped as an agency mm-hmm. yeah. where we can tell you what the results were, what the thinking was. You know, a lot of people look at our campaigns and think they're successful, 
But like when you do your own podcast and you listen back, you're like, man, I wish I'd done that better. Mm-hmm. I can show you campaigns that for all intents and purposes that we've done that are very successful and still show you ways that they could have been done better mm-hmm. or update them to a 2018, 2019, 2020 world. Because some of these campaigns are evergreen. Yeah. We made them 10 years ago and some of them were ahead of their time and it's probably better to do them now. And some of them just didn't work and you should mm-hmm. just avoid them at all costs no matter what world we live in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the benefit of the Academy. And the first program within the Academy is called the four P's of content because okay. that's the basis. So we'll teach you how to plan, produce, publish and promote content. And whether you want to do it to support your personal brand, mm-hmm. whether you want to sell consumer goods using creative content, mm-hmm. whether you want to just change the culture in your organization. You know, once you go medium and upwards in terms of company size, you can get a lot of dinosaurs and non-believers and naysayers when it comes to the new platforms of social social selling, you know, mm-hmm. Facebook, Insta, uh, LinkedIn, Google, all these other places. Yeah. So we help with all of those issues. It's a very, very high level, very strategic. We're not there to help you get more Instagram followers. We're not there to kind of, you know, sell boost. you on a fad. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not tactical. The stuff we teach is stuff that is going to remain relevant for a very, very long time. The, mm-hmm. the, fun, the first principles, as it were. So it's a social media channel agnostic. It's just principles of it's just yeah. principles of producing good content. That that would that would be the most amazing thing for me. My KPI is jumping forward 10 years mm-hmm. and Facebook not being the Facebook it is today, Instagram not being the Instagram it is today, you know, and people saying to me, you know what, there's something that you taught me in 2019 that is still relevant, relevant. today. Relevant. Yeah. And, and the reason why I think that that's true is because when I first started in my career, as I mentioned, I've had the company for 10 years, but I've been in content for 20 years. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 20 years ago, when I first hit the streets and started doing parties, we used to have to come up with content for our flyers. Mm-hmm. We used right. to like make mini disc recordings of our DJ sets. We used to, when I first got my first job, we content was photocopying 25 pages of <laughs> perfumes, of catalogs mm-hmm. to send to retailers. Mm-hmm. So there are certain fundamentals when it comes to content. Yeah, And you learn them when you're young. You learn about like, you know, USPs, like unique mm-hmm. selling points. But how does that work in a social world? Yeah. yeah. Like discoverability and targeting and direct marketing. How does that work in a world where the business is inversed and actually the way that you direct market is by jumping into slipstreaming into certain hashtags yeah. mm-hmm. and being discovered that way. Yeah. Like there's direct discovery, there's indirect discovery, there's discovery through curiosity mm-hmm. and we take time and we're patient and we explain that to people. So we've rolled out in Bali, in Indonesia, we rolled out in Dubai, Abu Dhabi and London. Okay. Um, and that's kind of like the beta version. We're probably onto the next beta version now. And then mm-hmm. it's going to become a fully fledged, uh, fully fledged program. But if anyone's interested, you can just reach out to me like at Raj Katecha, R-A-J-K-O-T-E-C-H-A or Raj at creativecontentagency.com and I'll give you like the heads up on it. Anybody who wants to get involved from now still can do. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Good luck. So, uh, Thank you. Give us an example of uh, one of your most successful campaigns maybe. Uh, the most successful campaign was on one of my own products. So we have an event called VaynerWorld. Okay. And there is an entrepreneur called Gary Vaynerchuk, who's an early stage investor in Facebook, Uber, Snapchat, and Twitter. And Monta's favorite. Yeah, Monta's favorite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I do like him. Yeah. It's just the last three episodes we've talked about Gary Vee and what I feel about Gary Vee. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it quite fangirly or what is it? How's it going? No, no, I, I, I like him. So, yeah. But I just feel like he's... Uh, a little bit shouty and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just everywhere I am so yeah he's, he's I, in your face all he's the time. he's in my face all the time yeah. I know what he's doing where yeah. he's repurposing content yeah 
is just that i'm a little bit tired of seeing yeah, yeah, yeah. it you know i think it's it's lacked a little it's lacking a little bit of freshness you know what it is i take a sabbatical gary yeah. like <laughs> no you know it's so so you've got to take the sabbatical the, when i was on the, when i was on daily v yeah. they they met up with me and me and gary had a chat this was about a year and a half ago two years ago right the, when we sat down we were going to talk about gary coming to dubai that's something i've been working on for a while and i said to him you know i do need to tell you that I've not been following your content as much because once you start executing what you're saying, you're so busy doing business that you haven't got time to watch daily vlogs. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, do you get it? And he goes, of course I get it. That's what I preach. So mm. if you're feeling the exhaustion and you've kind of got what his thesis is for the mm. back end of this year, just go and do it for two months mm. and then go mm. back and start watching his content again because then he'll be talking about whatever's popping at the beginning of 2019 yeah. you know yeah. whether it be vr or whether it be ai or whatever it is or crypto mm. but you do need to but you need to take time because what's going to happen is every new platform that comes out he's going to be on it and yeah more and more and more yeah so like i don't think there's anything wrong like no there isn't it's like a it's, detox it's, smart. it's like a detox yeah yeah, yeah. You just you just stop watching it for like no. a month yeah yeah, yeah just... i definitely need to take a detox yeah. <laughs> when somebody's producing that much content on yeah. a regular basis like he's got a daily podcast mm. and a daily vlog yeah. and he's got like instagram all the time stories yeah. he's obviously got Snapchat, a team doing doing this for him he releases books i think yeah. one every year almost uh, it's about every two and a half three years yeah okay yeah but yeah so he does produce a lot of content and of course it works we're all having a conversation about him right now Yeah. so everybody for the third episode in a row and we all know about him so it works so yeah. he's building his personal brand and it seems to be clicking for him yeah but it, yeah. But it worked for us as a brand like in terms of like which one was the most successful like we did Vayner World 2013 okay. which is a Q&A with me and him and then a chance for the audience to ask questions and it, that was to launch Jab 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 Right Hook and then we did it in 2016 mm-hmm. to launch the Ask Gary V book and they mm-hmm. were both the UK launches the official UK launches of the book Uh, in 2013 he was obviously a smaller brand we put the video content on our youtube channel and we hit about 30,000 plays mm-hmm. for an hour and a half of like hardcore business content yeah. nice. and then in 2016 we gave the video to drock drock who's uh, his main gary's main producer and cameraman put it on the gary v channel and that hit like 50 or 60,000 views mm-hmm. so the most successful kind of one of the most successful we've had ones that have had like 250,000 views but mm-hmm. one of the most successful with him is that 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 one in terms of one hour piece of content but the amount of micros micro content items he's put out like one minute clips have mm. gone into the millions of views okay. so Vayner World has probably hit tens of millions of views but more than that and this is really important for everybody that's listening it's ironic that the piece of content that I've created that's had the most views which is now in the tens of millions the application of that in terms of my personal bank account you mm-hmm. can't really tell unless i explain it to you which is that people will always say to me what have you done before mm-hmm. um how do i know that you're the right advisor for me who are you to be telling me how i should be doing my social and most people will say well i just know and i can speak a good game if you're slightly better and you're in an agency mm-hmm. you can say well here's what we've done for other clients yeah what i do is i can talk a good game i can show you what i've done for the clients But I can also show you what happens when I take every single penny of my money and go all in and launch a Gary Vaynerchuk book. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a case of knowing what I'm talking about, proving I've done it with other clients. I've done it on myself. Yeah. yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Nine to five in 2018 is not as important as five to nine. Mm-hmm. Like it's what I do after hours. It's all the projects I ship, whether mm-hmm. it's my friends, your friends, OPP. That's a great question. Vayner World. 
the fact that the machine keeps moving, mm-hmm. whether it's client office hours or bank holiday or not, yeah, is what allows me to get access. So people will be like, oh, well, how, why should I talk to you? I'll be like, listen, you know what? Here's Vayner World 1 and here's Vayner World 2. Mm-hmm. One and a half hours and one hour. So yeah. two and a half hours. If you don't get my thesis mm-hmm. after me giving you two and a half hours of crack, amazing <laughs> content, yeah. then you should be working with me. Yeah. And think, who's not going to invite me into their office for a chat when mm-hmm. they see any five out of the 10 successful projects that I've done. Mm-hmm. And this is not me this is not me bragging. This is me encouraging people like people want to see your skin, your blood yeah. in the game. Yeah. So go and do that alongside everything you do for clients and alongside reading all the magazines and articles and experimenting because it's you need that triple threat to go and get the big retainers now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's one of the reasons I started blogging as well, you know? Yeah. Like, I just wanted to... Like, it, it definitely raises your profile a little bit when you're yeah. creating mm-hmm. content all the time, and especially if you're in it. Yeah. yeah. Then um, people look at you differently. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, know, you might be the same person, have the same ideas, but just, like, the, the perception changes. Yeah, it's... They I, think you, of you as a thought leader. Thought leader, exactly. If, yeah. you, if you both came to me as just both of you, you know, Monta, you're deep... Uh, like experience in the agency world and mm-hmm. Sid working with Ejar Carr, I'd be like, all right, cool, interesting. Mm-hmm. But just the layer of the amount of YouTube video content you've created mm-hmm. and your subscriber numbers and the fact that you have a format and your thumbnails and every the way it's all set, set and thought up. about. Mm-hmm. If I just compare A to B, it's stunning how just that one little millimeter variable yeah. would 1000 if i if i only had a one meeting slot that day mm. it would go to the people that are also producing content yeah yeah because it's just it's just facts right it's just like mm. real real talk it's what people want to see people people want to see the ceo that they're talking to in it mm-hmm. yeah. deploying their thoughts i think it's changed now as well like newer companies like, uh, I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with Casey Neistat, but he's mm. one of the biggest uh, YouTubers. And he changed kind of the medium. And he started a daily vlog, which became extremely popular. Uh, he's one amazingly of, produced. Amazingly produced. He's a filmmaker through and through. But the reason he started it was to launch his company, which is called Beam. Mm. It was supposed to be like an Instagram stories kind of competitor. But that came much later, no? Casey no. was already massive. By the time Casey sold his script to... No, so this is what happened. So yeah. he started, uh, he was a filmmaker mm. before. With his brother, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. Then him and uh, this guy started his their own tech company, which is called Beam. Yeah. So Beam was this app where you put it on your... Uh, basically, you cover the camera on the front and it starts recording. So the idea was that you would... Uh, not miss the moment. Not miss yeah. the moment. Yeah. You know, you're not capturing something with your phone and looking at it. You hide... You're not looking at what you're capturing. Wasn't he already like hundreds of vlogs in before he even talked about Beam? Yeah. So what he did was he started the vlog mm. uh, because he saw that daily content was working really well yeah, on the yeah, platform. Yeah. So he, he started that. But he always says that that his intent to start the daily vlog was to show sure. the process of right. how they were building Beam. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so he, and he kept it like secret, but he kept it, teasing it. You know, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, we're building the office for like this project yeah, and we're yeah. doing this yeah. for this project. And building it was like, anticipation. And yeah. then after a year when he was ready to, like when they were ready with development and they were ready to do a beta test, he announced it in his vlog and he had over... 3 million subscribers at that time. Mm. And within two days, that app got like a million and a half downloads. Yeah. So you can see, like, that's what influenced me. I was like, okay, if I have an audience that follow me, 
then any new venture that I start or any business that I start can potentially be benefited from that. Yeah, yeah you have supporters. We have a yeah, you have massive a... Indian uh, vlogger called Mumbai Karnikhil and Sid has collaborated with him. Yeah, you guys clapped on that. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. yeah, and he is launching his own t-shirt or merchandise. Yeah, he's doing his own merchandise. Company. And it makes sense because you have this captive audience that is kind of part of your daily life. Mm. And uh, they will subscribe to whatever you put out in front of them if they see value from it's, it's it called, it's called the, it's, and I encourage people to do it and think about it in this way it's called ethical debt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can produce content at scale at almost zero cost once you've got a camera you can produce either one hour of video or 10,000 hours worth of video YouTube will take as much of it as you can throw at it mm-hmm. yeah. but what you do is by entertaining informing or educating your audience mm-hmm. on a constant basis because these are three valuable ways to consume entertain educate or inform yeah they are now in ethical debt because they're like i've enjoyed seeing sid you know grow up in front of the camera i've enjoyed seeing casey i've enjoyed seeing the tips that gary's given me gary vaynerchuk Mm -hmm. so now when they launch a sneaker a book Mm. hr car whatever it is even though they can't even though you can't psychologically normal normalize correlating being entertained on a vlog to choosing where you rent your car Mm -hmm. the mind is funny like that yeah because there's a sense of value friendship but most importantly debt sure you you when i was sat on the metro for that 20 minutes watching sid meant that metro journey went a little bit quicker mm-hmm. yeah i like this guy because don't forget entertain inform educate. and educate is the same kind of sort of as no like and trust mm-hmm. yeah you're constantly building that no like and trust building that debt so that you mm-hmm. can trade it yeah like you i've got something for you yeah, yeah, for sure. So do you think uh, that all entrepreneurs sh- should look at what their skill set is um, and potentially produce content in order to build that audience of potential customers? I don't know, but I mean, you can do it in different ways, right? Like, I think you need to provide some value. Yeah, to it's not for the sake of it. Yeah. We have to hit the educate, inspire, no, so educate, that, inform and entertain. Yeah. We have to hit those. But the value can come from different places. It can come from like a blog post. It can yeah. come from, uh, you know, video content. It doesn't have to be the founder. I know some people aren't comfortable being on camera and all that. Well, you know, the good thing about Dubai is it's, there's some of the richest people out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about like beyond rich, I'm talking about wealthy, are still walking around in sandals, mm-hmm. you know, like in Bur Dubai, yeah. mm-hmm. not making a big deal of it. And I think the way to answer your question is I would, I've moved away in the last 10 years from saying all because there's no general rule yeah. that you can apply. So, for example, when the iPad came out, people were like, TV is going to be dead. Mm. right you're gonna have four family members instead of watching one tv they're all gonna be sat on the couch facing down watching their ipads mm. when mp3s came out they said cds will, cds will be dead mm. when cds came out they said tapes will be dead when tapes came out they said vinyl will be dead it's not that any of them die it's that the ratio changes mm-hmm. yeah. i know dudes that are younger than me or my age like within three years you know less or three years more that are killing it in business turning over millions every month and they go to work every day in a fleece and actually getting them to start doing thought leadership and things like that would be counter to them and who mm-hmm. they are as people mm-hmm. and might even damage their business. Okay. So they I lose think, authenticity? No, I think it's just the fact that they know they're not good on camera mm-hmm. and their customers buy from them because every month they get sent a catalog with very cheap prices for products they want on time. 
Mm-hmm. And if they started redirecting that attention to YouTube and other places, it will actually lower the net efficiency of how they communicate. Mm-hmm. On the mm-hmm. flip side, and that's a minority, do I, do I think disproportionately that there are way more percentage of people that should be doing it? Yes. Yeah. And that's what you know, Creative Content Academy is there for, that's what Creative Content Agency has been there for, is to kind of help people unearth and harvest the potential to tell stories mm-hmm. inside their business. Alright guys, this episode was running a little long, so we decided to split it up into two parts. So stay tuned to listen to a little bit more conversation with Raj. Some very interesting things coming up in the next episode. Please leave us a review because that really helps us out. A five-star review would be awesome. Subscribe. Uh, We are available on most of the podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all the rest. And hopefully we should be on Angami soon as well, if that's where you prefer to listen. Anyway, guys, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Wait, you forgot. Keep on hustling.